Welcome to Freedom Matters Today. I am Michael J. Sutton, and this is episode 31 in our series, Freedom from Fear. When should a Christian go to war? Yesterday in Freedom Matters Today, I looked at two ways the New Testament speaks of war. The first was the contrast between human conflict and conflict God is involved in. They're not the same. God's kingdom is not of this world. The second was the war against God's people, Christians, those who follow Jesus. If your church is free from persecution in the West, it means you're not following Christ. We saw in COVID hysteria evangelicals lining up to deny Christ to avoid even the slightest discomfort or criticism or persecution. They all closed their churches, got vaccinated, imposed vaccine passports and sold their souls to the devil. In the next generation, my friends witnessed the extinction of the church in the West, drowning in opulence, materialism and narcissism. Watch the churches toe the line, take the money, close their Bibles and follow the world. Pull up your deck chair, grab a cocktail and watch it all fall apart. Christians around the world will watch in astonishment, in real time, seeing it all fall to ruin. They will be amazed at the wonder of God's justice and mercy. The third way the Bible speaks of conflict and war and fighting has nothing to do with other people. It has nothing to do with territory, flag or nation. It has nothing to do with enemies, other people or those we hate. The main way the New Testament speaks of conflict has to do with ourselves, our hearts, our minds, our lives. It is personal, or in the context of the Christian community, with Christians living out their faith every day in the world. For example, Paul says in Romans chapter 7, verse 23, But I see another law at work in me, waging war against the law of my mind, and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within me. Paul is talking about the struggle a Christian has over sin in their life, the continual struggle with desires to give up, qualify, retract, withdraw, forfeit and retreat from a life fully committed to the will of God. This struggle can be and often is deeply intense, deeply personal and deeply troubling. Peter says the same thing using different words in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 11. Dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful desires which wage war against your soul. Paul also continues this theme of war and conflict in his letters to the Galatians, where in chapter 5, verse 17, he writes, For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. Nowhere does the New Testament treat faith as a principle of peace, but a weapon of war, God's war. Battle imagery is often used in the Bible to describe the spiritual war of a Christian, the only war we are required to fight. Yes, you heard me correctly. The spiritual war, the war of the Christian heart, is the only war we are required as Christians to fight. 
God expects, nor does he desire, us to fight in any other war other than the war of faith. I have quoted it before, the words of Jesus in John 18, verse 36, My kingdom, says our Lord Jesus Christ, My kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jewish leaders. But my kingdom is from another place. God's kingdom is not the world's kingdom. If you want to fight in a war, then you are free to do so. But do not blame God for the outcome. It is not his war, it's your war, and you are not fighting for your for his kingdom, but your kingdom. And you, my friend, are on your own. Forget the Christian fascists who tell you that God is on your side. They're lying. They simply obey their paymaster, the state, and have long since departed from God. Nowhere in the New Testament does the Lord Jesus Christ sanction, support, or defend your war no matter how much you justify it. Your wars are all about sin and your desire to sin. What does James say in James chapter 4, verses 1 to 3? What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You desire but do not have, so you kill. You covet but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with the wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. There we have it. All the stupid wars humans fight. All the stupid wars, all of them, are summed up in these three verses from James. I don't care what lies you tell yourselves. All your wars are the same. They're pointless a waste of life, a waste of time, and none of them are righteous. These battle metaphors and fighting metaphors are simply metaphors Paul employs to to describe the Christian life. Paul is not endorsing war, nor is he saying that the Christian life is a war in the sense of killing people. But war must have been a common reference point for people in the first century, and so Paul uses everyday images to make his point about spiritual life. For example, in Romans chapter 8, verse 13, Paul likens the process of growing in faith as a killing of things in life that hinders faith is a battle image. Jesus might have used the chaff of the wheat metaphor, but Paul opts for this vivid and awful image of killing to make his point. He says, If you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. The old word that was used in the English translations of the Bible was that of mortify, which means to kill. The process of mortification, the process of causing death. Mortify was the English word from the French and the Latin. In dealing with skin cancer, for example, the physician uses intense cold to mortify the flesh and arrest the advance of cancer. This is the image Paul is using here. Another image Paul uses is that of athletics and boxing. In 1 Corinthians 9.26 he writes, Therefore I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. For his disciple, Timothy, he uses battle imagery often. It resonated with the young man for, for some reason. We don't know why. 
In his first letter to Timothy, chapter 12, verse 18, Paul writes, Timothy, my son, I am giving you this command in keeping with the prophecies once made about you, so that by recalling them, you may fight the battle well. Timothy is not going to war. He's not taking up his sword or his gun and fighting for his Second Amendment rights. Uh, Timothy is simply going out and living his life as a Christian. The most famous use of this battle imagery is in 1 Timothy 6.12. Fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Paul applies his own advice to his own life in his second letter, reflecting an acceptance of the end of his life that was fast approaching. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7, he wrote, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. These verses show that the only way the Bible really talks about war is about the Christian's personal struggle against anything in their life that hinders, obstructs, undermines, or seeks to discourage their walk with God. The only enemy we really have is ourselves. God does not expect us to compare ourselves with others. They have their own walk, their own path. Jesus said to Peter at the end of John's Gospel to mind his own business concerning the life of John the Apostle. As for you, said Jesus, follow me. He says the same to all who have come to faith in him. Many have gone before. Many looked forward to the coming of the Messiah, the Christ. Many saw the Christ, and many have followed Jesus in the centuries that followed. Listen to these words from Hebrews 12, verse 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Remember, freedom matters today because you matter to God. Join me tomorrow for another episode of Freedom from Fear.